Predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 68 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we hope you prevail throughout Week 14 and the rest of the 2022 Fantasy Football Season. I'm your host, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me is Nick Cap. Nick, we're recording late Thursday night. Thursday night football's on, Baker's in the game, and uh, it's exciting. It's exciting and scary to be at week 14 at this point. Wow, the big show in town number three. That's crazy. That's crazy. And to think someone said that he was a terrible quarterback for the first four years of his career is wild. wonder who that was. The same guy that said Joe Burrow's overrated, but whatever. Yeah, I mean. Can't hit on all the Ohio teams. Nope. No, you can't. All right. Uh, I, I am really hoping for a Josh Jacobs score. I, I am tuned into this game. Um, I, uh, I, need, I need Jacobs for my dynasty team. That's nice. That's nice. Anyway, all right. Big Friday show. Uh, we always have a big Friday show. All boom, all bust teams and some other fun stuff for you. So if it's your first time listening to us, thank you so much. We do the show on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Also a live show on Sunday. That's normally at 8.30 a.m. There's going to be a little bit of scheduling conflicts over the next few weeks. Uh, this week, we are going to go at 8 o'clock, um, so it's not a big deal. Uh, next next week, we should be fine. The week after is actually Christmas. Um, and we can announce this now. We're not going to go live on Christmas. We're actually going to go live on uh, Christmas Eve. Most of the games are on that Saturday, so we don't have a time yet. Maybe 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock. Well, we'll figure it out. But since most of the games are on Saturday, it makes more sense to go live on that Saturday. So hopefully you guys yep. will join us um, on that Saturday. That will be uh, the live show to prepare you for week uh, 16. So there you go. But anyway, uh, live show this week, 8 o'clock Eastern time, 8 a.m. It's going to be on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter as always. Facebook and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Twitter is Primetime FF Pod. Really hope you do join us Um we want to help you guys out, you know, with the playoffs coming up and, you know, set those roster, those lineups and, uh, you know, do the best we can. As I said, we do the show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. This is our Friday show. We give you the news of the week, uh, all the injuries, news that you need to know, you know, leading into that week. Um, we'll do our all boom and all bust teams, players that you want to start or sit. And we end the show at flex on them, one player from each team uh, that you can play in your flex spots. And we'll tell you which one you'd rather play. You can find the shows on all audio streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, basically anywhere where you find a podcast, you can find us, the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. You can also go to our YouTube channel if you'd rather watch and listen to the show. First, hit that subscribe button at Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Drop a like on this video or any other video that you do watch. Keep connecting and interacting with us on social media, Primetime FF Pod on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Then Facebook and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Starting things off with news and injuries, we have one bit of news. Desmond Ritter is going to be the starter for the Atlanta Falcons. His next game is Week 15 versus the Saints. Your thoughts on that? Um, it's interesting. Usually when you get a QB change, um, I know it's a rookie, you might get one or two good games um, out of them because teams don't know how to prepare. Um, so I do actually think that he would have a good start to his career, especially coming off a bye. However, it's going up against that New Orleans team, and I know they haven't been great Um you know, as a team overall or at the level that they have been. But they have some key defensive pieces there that have limited a lot of big offenses this year. Um, so I am a little worried for him in his first game, but um, I would I would definitely still keep my eye out on Drake London. Um, I, I know it's hard to say that being the inconsistency that he's had this year, but, I mean, he's the only healthy option that they're going to have um, 
rest of the year outside of that running back room. So I think there's a lot of potential um, not to play them th- that week, but if you do have them on your roster, maybe keep an eye out for week 16, week 17. Um, they could be viable options. Not saying play Ritter, just the skill positions around them. I think it's going to be really tough to trust them in your fantasy playoffs, especially um, I think Cordell Patterson's one that might be trustable, but when it comes to London, I think it's, I think it's going to be really, really hard to trust them in 10 or uh, 12 man leagues, depending on your roster, obviously, but yeah, yeah. I think it could get really messy over there. Injury news. I haven't updated this since like seven o'clock. Um, I believe Ken Walker also did not practice, but let's start with the players that did not practice. Lamar Jackson with a knee injury. Jacoby Myers with a head injury. He's playing on Monday night. He's in concussion protocol. So watch that one before Sunday morning. Brandon Cooks with a calf injury. Trevor Lawrence with a foot injury. Probably going to miss this week. Cortland Sutton with a hamstring injury. Hidden Hurst with a calf injury. Traylon Burks in concussion protocol. Deontay Johnson with a hip. He was limited on Wednesday. Did not practice Thursday. Um, I think Najee practiced, I want to say. I forget, though. I don't, I don't want to confirm that. Uh, Kenneth Walker with a foot did not um, practice. And neither did DJ Dallas. So it looks like both those running backs could end up being out for Seattle, um, depending on um, – the Friday practice report. And that that's also, um, you know, uh, a really good matchup against the, uh, the Carolina Panthers. So uh, Nick, who are you really worried about? I don't think any of these players are going to play. So, um, you know, if you're trying to make your playoffs, I mean, you're, you might be missing some starters here. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a tough, this is one of the tougher end of seasons. That and, I- and on top of that is there's, there's a bunch of buys this week. There's like six like teams. Yeah, on buys, it was really weird. So. Cause your first round of your playoffs, six players are going to come off by, um, and unfortunately, like, I don't, I would like to think offenses don't get reworked, but you'll see a lot of oddball, you know, snap shares from wide receiver twos on these teams. So, you know, um, a guy like Cortland Sutton, I think he, uh, not Cortland Sutton, but, uh, some of the other guys on by, like, you're gonna, you know, like, I'm trying to think of some guys like Christian Watson is fine. should be fine as a wide receiver one, but is Alan Lazard when Romeo Dobbs gets a cut back, is he going to be filtered out of the offense entirely? He's been someone that's been pretty consistent on the entire year. Like there's going to be some things that are reworked and retooled um, coming off the bye week. So um, I'm very, I'm very worried. I don't have a lot of guys on by this week, thankfully, but I would definitely see a big red flag versus uh, like, you know, Jonathan Taylor off a of bye, of course is a great thing, but I mean, I, w- I mean, there's some other guys in there that I would not trust. Like who, who'd you not trust off a of bye? Like you'd be worried about a player off a of bye per se. I think they'd be healthier at that point. Usually the wide receiver twos, they wind up splitting more snap share. Um, let me take a look at the guys on by this week, but that's just something that's been kind of consistent um, in the NFL. Um, okay. So you got the Bears, so they could retool the offense around Claypool. That would be interesting. Commanders, Jahan Dotson could totally take out Curtis Samuel of that offense. Um, Atlanta, we don't know what they'll do. The Saints. Um, I mean, so some of these teams, you really do know like what their tools are. I mean, Curtis Samuel, I think would be the biggest red flag to me out of all okay. of them. All right. That's fair. Um, limited practices, JK Dobbins with a knee injury still on IR, but can return, uh, get taken off IR and play this week against the Steelers. Uh, Dante Foreman with a foot injury returned to practice. He did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, Christian McCaffrey with a knee injury, Debo with a quad, David and Joker with the ankle, Leonard Fournette with a foot. Saquon Barkley with a neck is a new one, and T. Higgins with a hamstring is a new one. Uh, I, I, I didn't hear Zach Taylor uh, talk today, but I would love to get more clarification on the T. Higgins injury because that is a new one. Hamstrings linger. Um, it's a good thing that he is practicing, so I wonder if it's just like a, a tiny thing. Because um, if you heard it Wednesday and now is a hamstring injury, that would be very worrisome before your fantasy playoffs. 
No, yeah, I totally agree. That's become my least favorite injury to have to any of my wide receivers at this point is, is a hamstring. So there you go. The only other one that bothers me is groin, but we haven't seen anyone deal with it this year. Not yet. Like, yeah. They all, they all get set. I think that's, that's what Kenneth Walker had at the beginning of the year. Or hurry. Yeah, they, like, they didn't actually. play him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, full practices. Mike Williams with an ankle. DeAndre Swift with an ankle. Jamal Williams with a hand. And I also saw Jalen Waddle. I forget his injury, but he did practice in full. So there we go. Moving on to our week 14, all boom teams. Me and Nick combined them. We, you know, like we had the last few weeks. Um, and we got players that we both really believe in or don't believe in for the bus team. So here we go. Uh, Nick, you chose the bus, uh, the boom quarterback. So how about you take this one out? Kirk Cousins is our boom quarterback. Why do you think he should be a, a big boom this week? Yeah, I mean, like I said, one o'clock Kirk Cousins is a, is a godsend, except when he played the New York Jets uh, this past week, which we told you to bench him. And he only scored, uh, I think, 12 points on the week. Um, but Kirk Cousins has been very, very solid this year uh, in those non-primetime games. He's got uh, he's uh, in non-primetime games. His worst game, I believe, is 10 points, and outside of that is a 15-pointer. So he's been incredibly consistent for fantasy, and he pretty much dominates these easier matchups. He's going up against Detroit, who gives up uh, the most points to the quarterback position, uh, and he has 18 plus points in six of his last nine. Uh, uh, in six of his last nine against the Detroit Lions, including 18 points earlier this season in week three. That Vikings offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. Um, they're one of the teams that, even though, you know, we didn't play great against the Jets, was one of the only teams that were able to move the ball consistently against them, scored 27 points. That's the most that any team has scored since week three um, against them. So that team is rocking and rolling, and I think there's no way that Detroit defense, who has stepped up in the past few weeks, is going to be able to limit Kirk in his real prime time of one o'clock. All right. I'm going to move on to the running backs and I'm going to go with the running back that's facing uh, my Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. It's probably going to be Dante Foreman, but just in case it's not recovering our butts. And if Foreman's out, uh, Chubba Hubbard's a good start, but for the sake of uh, the debate and, and the discussion, we're going to start with Dante Foreman. My Seahawks allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs on the entire 2022 season. But over the last four weeks, they actually allow the most fantasy points to running backs. Three of those running backs are Rashad White, who scored 13.5 points, Josh Jacobs, who scored 56.3 points, which was his best game of the season, and Cam Akers last week also scored 19 points on his best game of the season. I think that's the only game that Akers has actually gone over double digits. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Foreman also has over 14 fantasy points in two of his last three matchups. All positive signs point to a really good game for uh, for uh, Dante Foreman or Hubbard, which everyone starts. It's going to be Foreman as long as he's healthy. So, uh, so yeah. Nick, uh, who's your second running back boom for week 14? We are rolling out Tony Pollard. I know that we've had him on a lot of these boom teams recently, but, I mean, we, we kind of called the outbreak. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because the week Zeke was out, I said word for word, Tony Pollard, I would still start him um, even before the injury, and in that game he dropped 33 fantasy points. Um, I think Tony Pollard has been a beast, and he gets the best matchup for fantasy running backs. The Houston Texans, they're not traveling too far for that game. Or they're hosting them. I forget. But either way, it is going to be an absolute slaughtering by this Cowboys offense um, who just dropped 54 points against the Colts, who have one of the better defenses in the league. So why are they not going to take advantage of the Texans? They're definitely going to be more willing to bench Zeke than Pollard. They're going to use Pollard's legs. They're going to go up the field. And Pollard's been absolutely dominant. over his In his last five games for them, he has over 24 points. Um, I believe the RB1 in fantasy right now is averaging less than 24 points. So um, that is just proof enough that he should be an absolute lock for a top five week. All right, there you go. 
First wide receiver, boom of the week, I'm going to take Jerry Judy. Uh, in his first game back off the ankle injury, he had 10 fantasy points in a limited fashion, a limited role at least, and the Broncos didn't score a touchdown, so Jer- uh, Judy didn't get the touchdown, but, uh, but he still had 10 fantasy points, which is pretty solid. Before that injury, he had developed pretty solid chemistry with Russell Wilson. He had kind of elapsed uh, Cortland Sutton as the wide receiver one over there. He had back-to-back weeks with over 16 fantasy points. The Chiefs also allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Last week, um, both T. Higgins and uh, um, Jamar Chase both went over double digits. And uh, I think um, Tyler Boyd was like a point or two off, but he did drop a very easy touchdown pass. Um, so uh, that defense is very susceptible to wide receivers. So if Russ can't cook against this defense, uh, it's going to be a problem. And, and there's no Cortland Sutton. So uh, all the targets kind of have to go Judy's way. I think Russ could force feed him. It's been terrible on the season, meaning Russ, but. Uh, you know, this is a good opportunity for volume for Jerry Judy. So with that said, Nick, I'm going to let you take our second wide receiver who's a back-to-back appearance on this list and probably won't be on this list again this season unless he busts this week. Then in that case, he could be eligible. But if he booms again, I don't think he's a, I don't think he can go back on this list within, in the next few weeks. That's crazy because he's got those great matchups. He deserves. He does, but he can't be on we, every we're week. We're overusing him, right? He's like C.D. Lamb who keeps flipping and flopping. But, but, but at least we flip and flop. Like we can't just keep the same guy on the boom team every week. No, I got you. I agree with you. All right, so we are going with Mr. New York Jet himself, Garrett Wilson. Um, Garrett Wilson's stats at non-Zach Wilson games have first off been absolutely insane. Um, he has had five games this year without uh, Zach Wilson in those games. His first game of the year, he had nine points. And the four games since then, 30, 12, 26, 24. The last time he played the Buffalo Bills was with Zach Wilson, and he put up 17.9. He is on pace um, to have, without Zach Wilson, to have a 1,400-yard receiving season. That would be right up there with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson's rookie years. So I'm not saying he's one of those two guys, but I am saying he has been an absolute dominant wide receiver for fantasy football in these games. Um over the over those five games without Zach Wilson, the Jets are averaging about 48 passing attempts a game. Uh, Mike White, over the last two games, uh, his two games as a starter, has gone for over 300 yards in each of them, and he's clearly the number one option on the team. Um, on top of that, this is excellent stat by Nick, um, who did a lot of the notes for today, so I'm going to give him his, his props right there. Um, Buffalo, over the last four games, has allowed the most uh, points to perimeter wide receivers, which is exactly where Garrett Wilson plays. So um, he should absolutely be locked in all lineups the rest of the season. Shouldn't be a debate anymore. He's actually the wide receiver 19 on the season. I need him to beat out Jacoby Myers so I don't lose my Jets Patriots bet um, with Nick, but uh, we'll see what happens. Do we have a log of all our of all our bets? I think we only have two real bets, which is... Uh, I think we have more than that. I lost one. I definitely lost the Bengals one. Um, and then... The uh, what was the Bengals one exactly? Uh, oh, no, no. The Devontae Adams Devontae one. Devontae Adams one you lost for sure. Yeah, that one I got. I feel, I feel like we definitely have one on the Bengals, but I don't remember it, honestly. Probably. I have a couple other bets on the Bengals not making the playoffs, which is, looks I, like. I, I have a bet on them winning the division, so hopefully that happens. Uh, and um, then the other one is, uh, will any Patriots wide receiver outscore any Jets receiver? So it's whoever finishes higher for any of them. So okay. it should be a Garrett Wilson versus Jacoby Myers race. Gotcha. All right. Moving on to our flex spots. Um, let's, I'm going to start with DeAndre Swift. So a, a guy we were both very, very high on before the season. Started up pretty hot, but then got vultured and vultured, and then he got injured and injured. But last week, he ended up having more touches, snaps, 
red zone looks and fantasy points over Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams ended last week's game with, I think, nine fantasy points. Six of them came from the touchdown. Uh, I forget what Swift's number was, uh, but but point being, I think DeAndre Swift is back to being the running back one over there. And unless they get down to the goal line, I'm not sure how much work Jamal Williams is going to get. I'm not saying not to start Jamal Williams, but you know, because of his high touchdown upside, but I think, I think Swift can be locked into lineups, especially this week against uh, susceptible Vikings defense. Um, they've allowed 13 most fantasy points to running backs, including six touchdowns and the 10th most points since week 10. Um, so there you go. Uh, the, the Vikings have not been great against running backs. This is a good opportunity. Um, they've been very bad against wide receivers as well. So Swift could get some, uh, some passing work. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a big game for DeAndre Swift. Who is our second flex boom of the week? Now, we wanted to do Christian Kirk. The only reason why we didn't, my choice, um, was because we had Kirk and Garrett Wilson on our team last week, and we didn't want to double down back-to-back weeks with with, with two players. So we're going with his partner in crime. We're going with Zay Jones. Um, The matchup is just too favorable. You have to roll Zay Jones out there against the Titans, who have given up the most points to the wide receiver um, position so far this year. Um, And last week, I mean, if you watched that game, you know A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith put on an absolute clinic. But for fantasy football, they also oh, each put up 15 points. So even if Christian Kirk puts up that 30-point A.J. Brown game, it's very possible that Zay Jones still benefits. And over the last three games for Zay Jones, he's averaging over 10 targets a game. He has 31 total, and he has over 14 points in two of those three. So you got the volume. You have the production that comes with it. You have the easy matchup. Uh, you have what likely will be a play from behind game for Zay Jones. The only thing that will worry me is if Trevor Lawrence is out for the game, but even then they're going to be playing from behind so much and they have that favorable matchup where I do expect Zay Jones to get that consistent workload. All right. Up next is our boom tight end. I did this one at like midnight last night and I'm really excited for it. I I could have loaded this up with even more stats, but it's going to be TJ Hawkinson. The lions allow the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. On top of that, TJ Hawkinson has a double-digit fantasy points in four of the last six games after he was traded uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. Also on top of that, he averages over six targets since being traded to the Minnesota Vikings. That's a lot of volume, especially for a tight end. On top of that, Evan Ingram against the Lions, five receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown that was good um, for uh, uh, 14 fantasy points. On top of that, the Lions have also given up nine touchdowns on the year to tight ends. They played 13 games, I believe, or 12, maybe 12. Maybe they played 12 games. Yeah, I guess they played 12 games and they're going to have a touchdown in nine of them, or I guess nine touchdowns in 12 games. So averaging a touch, almost a touchdown a game. And finally, it is a revenge game. Revenge game. I love revenge games. Uh, this is a great opportunity. We saw what happened last week when AJ Brown went up against those Tennessee Titans. It was such a big revenge game that he got his former GM fired the next day, which yeah, is that hilarious. Was I don't think that'll happen to the Lions GM because the Lions are pretty decent right now and they're favored in the game. But anyway, uh, big game for TJ Hawkinson. If you had him on your roster the entire year um, and you need a playoff spot, you know this is a game that can. This is you know something a game where he could get you into your playoffs. Moving on to our week 14 all-bus team. Going to start off with the quarterback. Nick chose this one. Um, I, I loaded up the stats, but I'm, I I do want to know why Nick uh, was a little bit down on Kyler because um, I was more indifferent. So, Nick, uh, why is Kyler Murray our all-bus uh, quarterback for this week? So, Kyler Murray has been probably one of the sleepers for fantasy um, so far this year because no, no one gives him any credit. He missed two games. He's still the QB 11. He's averaging 22 points per game on the year. Uh, but that offense is – 
very much struggled against the tougher defenses. Um, Kyler Murray has not been the same quarterback when it comes to those tougher matchups. The three toughest games this year were the Rams, the Eagles, and the, uh, the, um, what was it? Philly, New Orleans, New Orleans and the Rams. And the Rams, the Rams on week three. So it was before. Yeah, it was when you had the healthy Rams defense. It was the good Rams. In all three of those games, Kyler Murray has his three worst games of the season. So New England, I don't think they're better than Philly, but I do think that they're better than the other two defenses that are listed there. Yes. Um, and Bill Belichick. I think that's fair. He's an absolute mastermind at taking away your best option. And for me, um, I don't know if he'll stop DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, but I do think he's going to find a way to stop the running game of Kyler Murray. I think that this is going to have a very big chance for James Conner to find those goal line work. I don't think you're going to see Kyler running out of the pocket and escaping Matt Judon as much as you typically do. Judon's been phenomenal. He's been probably the best Patriots D lineman in, I mean, you know, since Vince Wolfork. Maybe. Absolutely. 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 He's, he's been su- such a monster and that's like a, that's like a real football thing you really need to know. Like yep. he's been so dominant as an edge rusher and he's been dominant against mobile quarterbacks where I think Kyler Murray's going to struggle more in this game with his legs to beat teams. And that's pretty much where his bad fantasy games have come against those better edge rushing teams. So I'm not saying Kyler Murray's going to have a terrible game and he's been way too consistent. I don't think he has a game under 16 points. This yeah, I believe 15 year. is his lowest. His three yeah. lowest are 15, 16 and 18, I believe. So you can't bench him because of the consistency, but I am saying do not expect him to hit his ceiling. So for me, a bust for Kyler, he's at a 22 point average would be a 15 to 17 point game. And that's where I think he's going to finish. All right. First running back bust I have here is Rashad white. Um, At this point, if you're going up up against the San Francisco 49ers defense, I'm going to bust you. Uh, That's the reality of it. Um, Last week, uh, Jeff Wilson only had uh, 0.3 points and Raheem Mostert had three points. And I know the running game is not the same, um, but, but the bucks are still down uh, Tristan Wirfs, I believe. Um, so you're down tackles center. Uh, the run game's not going to be pretty. Like he's probably going to need a touchdown to hit his projection. I think it's like 11 or something like that. And you're really banking on a touchdown there uh, against the toughest run defense in the league. I just don't like those odds. I'm not saying you can bench him or should bench him because, again, the bye weeks, you probably you're in a tough situation. Like, I have to play Devin Singletary this week because uh, of Jonathan Taylor being out. But, like, it's, it's a messy situation. That's the reality of it. Um, very much temper those expectations for Rashad White. Who is your second bust running back for week 14? We're going with Damian Pierce. And I hate saying it because I've loved Damian Pierce on the year. But the last few weeks have been brutal. And it's been an absolute, like, show of just how terrible that the uh the Houston Texans are. Um they've been absolutely obliterated early on and in every single one of these games. Um and when they are getting obliterated, Damian Pierce does not see his rushing workload. He does not see nearly as much workload in the passing game as some of those other top tier running backs do. Last three games in those blowouts against Washington three points, Miami four and a half, and Cleveland he had 18 carries which got him to 12 points, which was solid, but that was his uh his best game over that span, and and before that he was very consistent. Um, I do think Pierce has a chance to turn it around because his better games have come uh, with Davis Mills at quarterback, who is taking back over that offense. But I, I, the Dallas Cowboys defense has been incredibly scary for every matchup against running backs. They're the fourth best team against the run, and it feels like over the last few weeks they've absolutely shut down running backs. Um, I. 
it's just going to be a terrible game script for a guy that probably needs to be playing with a lead. He plays a very Derrick Henry type role where he's the angry runner that, you know, has no problem trucking you and needs the guaranteed workload to execute, but he's just never going to have the game script that favors him to get the 20 plus carries that he'll need. Yep. Totally agree. Moving on to those wide receivers. The first bust wide receiver I have here is Juju Smith-Schuster. Over the last uh, three games, he's only averaging six fantasy points, which is uh, pretty bad for a guy that um, started to heat up towards the middle of the season. Um, I bet he has one boom game during the fantasy playoffs, but he's not really uh, reliable at the moment. Canarius Tony is also set to return. I'm not saying Tony's wide receiver one, but it does mean more targets going to a different wide receiver who was uh, um, becoming one of Patrick Mahomes' favorite targets before uh, he got injured. Um, so, you know, you could see snaps and targets go uh, to Tony's way. And on top of all that, he's going up against the Denver Broncos. If it's if there's one thing that Denver does well, it's defend the wide receivers. Uh, Patrick Sertain's been phenomenal, argu- arguably the best quarterback in the league this year. Uh, Juju should get locked up in this one. It's not going to be uh, a high-scoring game uh, from at least the Broncos' standpoint. Um, so there you go. I, I, I would, Kelsey's the only guy on the Chiefs I'd really, um, really favor playing in, the, in this matchup. All right, uh, you want to talk about this game again, Nick? We bust, uh, we boomed uh, Garrett Wilson. Who are we busting on this one? It's the same guy I busted last time that they face. I'm busting Gabriel Davis. Uh, the New York Jets are the third best team against wide receivers. If you take out the first three weeks of the year, they're number one against wide receivers. Um, last week, we busted Adam Thielen, and we said he was going to struggle. And we both, not confidently, but said we do think Justin Jefferson is going to get slowed down. And he got put in check last week. He did not play dominant football against Dallas Gardner. And Gabriel Davis is going to see Sauce Gardner on the opposite side of the ball. The last time that they faced, DJ Reed was on Stefan Diggs for most of the game. And uh, Sauce did see Gabriel Davis. In that matchup, Gabe Davis caught a total of two passes for 33 yards on five. That is nowhere near good enough. Typically from a wide receiver too, you need to see a high-volume offense, a team that's going to put up a lot of points on the board. And that's exactly what you expect Buffalo to be, but that is not what they were able to do against the New York Jets last time. I think they only finished the game with 17 points um, or 20 points in a very close matchup. Uh, And Gabe Davis, he's typically a deep target receiver. Josh Allen, the way that he was able to move the ball against the Jets was to beat him with his legs, um, which is not going to be good for Gabriel Davis's production. Mm -hmm. I think me and Nick, um, I was lower on him going into the year. Nick was higher. And he's finished somewhere in between so far. But in these ma- these types of matchups, it's exactly why I didn't want Gabriel Davis because you do need to bench him right. when you don't expect Buffalo to execute. From a point standpoint, he probably performed to his ADP. He's only going around like six or seven. He's at uh, the wide receiver 27. So it's probably right around a little, maybe a little bit yeah, lower. It's, it's probably comparable. But he was go- like, like I was saying, like he's going around that Amon Ra range. He, yeah. he outscored Sudden, who is, he was going near. So. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's the fantasy playoffs, right? It's a fantasy draft, baby. Yep. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. Derek Carr's a bum. Derek Carr's a bum. You're a bum. You're a bum, dude. Jacobs is wide open. Idiot. I wonder how many carries Jacobs has. So we're going into halftime. You know my rule with Josh Jacobs. Uh, if they don't give him the ball 20 carries, they lose the football game. Um, yep. Let's see how many carries he has. I know he has a touchdown at least. Going into halftime, Josh Jacobs has uh, 18 carries. Um, okay they're feeding him okay i'm off uh you're off the hook mcdaniels i can't uh i can't crap on you right now he's, he's um, having a solid game having a solid game i mean uh i think he's at like 12 fantasy points at the that's half, crazy like that. over the last four games his least carries was 21 
Yeah, because then the Raiders are winning football games because of it. Let's let, let's give another like five care. Let's get to 100 yards. Please, 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 please. All right. Man, can you imagine Josh Jacobs finishes as the RB1 on the year? He has some I was really high tough on him. playoff I did not matchups. Really tough playoff matchups. He'll yeah. get his bag, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Aaron Judge got his bag. You're damn right. Let's there go he is. Wrong, baby. Never a doubt. We had to um, fam- he had to famoose the freaking Giants over there. Oh, I feel yeah. bad because the Giants, the former New York team, we respect those guys, but uh, yeah, no. I, was, you, I mean, I guess they're former New York, like almost a hundred years ago at this point. I guess. Yeah. I, I like uh, the former I, New York. I team. guess. All right. They ain't the Bronx, baby. The Bronx All right. Uh, Travis Etienne's in our flex spot here, um, facing the Tennessee Titans. We love to play the matchups here, um, and the Titans have the fifth or the fifth best team against running backs now. They're tougher on the ground than in the air. Depends how much pass work ETN's going to get in this one. If they want to utilize ETN to his strongest ability, let's give him the ball in, in the passing game, but I'm not sure they're going to do that. Um, but if they just run him on the ground, he's going to have a really rough game. That's what happened to Miles Sanders last week. Uh, the receivers went nuts, but Miles Sanders did not. Two weeks prior, Samaje Piran on the ground. I forget his ground numbers. I think he had like 50 rushing yards. It wasn't bad, but in the air, I think he had like four receptions and a touchdown or something like that. Um, so he, he got most of his points in the air. Um, so... With that said, uh, I, I don't. You have to play ETN. Um, you probably drafted him high, and he was before the injury. He was creeping up to being a top ten running back. Um, so we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, he he could have a, a, a bustable game over there. Who's your second uh, bust spot in the flex or a second flex spot that's busted? We're going with Darius Slayton here. Um, he's someone that I think we could both say has kind of proved us wrong the last few weeks, but. He still has not been one of the more premier wide receivers for fantasy football. Um, And when that's the case, you do not play him against what is probably the best team, um, the best defensive team in football at the moment, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, 65% of the time he lines up on the, as an outside receiver and the Eagles outside corners rank number one against the wide receiver position. Uh, The rest of the time he'll be in the slot, but Philly is the sixth best team overall against wide receivers. So, might do him a little bit better, but not good enough to have a dominant game. Also across the entire season, I know he wasn't the wide receiver one for a period of time. He's over at week five. He's played eight games since then. He only scored two touchdowns over that span. That's very low for the wide receiver one on your team. Um, and it, honestly, it's just a brutal match matchup for him. I, I like Darius Slayton in these more favorable ones. Like he's got Minnesota in the playoffs. Like that'll be a fun one to play him in. But up against Eagles, we them and the Jets probably have the two top cornerback duos in the league. You you tend to fade those guys. I, I I could see this being a reality check for the Giants too. I just I personally don't think they're a good football team, and I think the Eagles are an excellent football team. So this could end up being a reality check for the Giants. If the Giants keep it close, then I, I will admit that they're probably legit. Um, but th- I feel like they could get blown out. Lastly, our bus tight end. It was really hard to find one, I'll be honest with you, because uh, the mid-level tight ends are either on by or have good matchups, so we had to kind of scrap the bottom of the barrel. So I have Tyler Conklin. Uh, he scored under three points last week. He scored un- under five points in three of the last four. The Bills are the seventh-best team against tight ends. Honestly, none of these points matter, though, because uh, the Saints are on by, and that's the only reason why uh, the team that's not <laughs> facing the Saints is not, you know, I, I bust the tight end against the Saints every week. And you know what? Screw you, Kate Otten. You ruined it. You ruined it. You ruined it by scoring a freaking touchdown last week. I wanted to use the Saints point the entire season. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. But I was use, I used the point for 11 weeks 
that no tight end had scored double digit fantasy points against the Saints. 14 points. He, he, he had 28 receiving yards. Though, so I, I, I need to see that last drive because honestly, I wasn't paying attention to the game at the end because I thought that the Bucs were cooked. And then they score and then I turned the game back on. I guess he had got that, uh, that first touchdown. Um, and he probably got a couple receptions on that drive too. That one drive six killed my entire Saints argument. That sucks. 10 targets. That Ten sucks. Targets That's annoying. You know what, Kate? I'm, bu- I'm busting you this week too. I think he's going big in San Francisco. Um, you're getting busted this week. You're on my bus Otto. list. This week, just there you go. Otto, um, you might have a rival on the you know show. You know what? We're, we're, we're changing this. We're changing the buses. I, I don't want Tyler Conklin on the graphic. I want Kate Otten on the graphic. So Kate Otten, I don't care that he had 14 last week. Going up against um, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, is it the 49ers? Yes, it is. Going up against the 49ers defense. Fourth best team against a tight end. Uh, Kate Otten is not scoring double-digit fantasy points this week. Busted. Boom. There we go. There. Boom. Roasted. All right. Flex on them. Two players from each game, uh, one from each side of the game, and we're going to tell you uh, which one we'd rather play in our flex spot. So here we go. First game um, is an easy one. Uh, Jets and the Bills, Garrett Wilson or Gabriel Davis. We gave you every reason why. Take GW. You know what? I'm going to give you a harder one. Um, Bam Knight or Devin Singletary? Singletary. I play Singletary too. All right. Uh, Amari Cooper or T. Higgins? Man, Sean Watson looked terrible last week. He did. Um, but Cooper did still get nine targets in that game. He did. I think I'll still lean on T. Higgins, which is shocking for me. I will I, I will lean with Cooper here. A lot of targets last week. Sean Watson knocked off some. Man, of I can never get a goddamn Bengal right. He's going to suck this week now. Maybe. All right. Uh, Damian Pierce or Tony Pollard? This is also an easy one. Can I yeah, think of a Tony different? Pollard. I mean, I can't really think of a different one because the Texans have no Nico Collins versus Michael Gallup. Ugh. Nico Collins. He's been out targeting Pierce for. I mean, um, out targeting Cooks for the last few weeks. Cooks is going to be out this week, I think, too. Yeah, so I think so too. Collins. All right. Um, I couldn't. Well, I'm going to switch this one up. Adam Thielen or DJ Chark? I'm switching it up on you. I take Thielen. If you ask me, Jameson Williams, I'll take Jameson Williams. I will take DJ Chark. Um, he had a mini revenge game last week against Jacksonville. Um, and Jameson Williams, I think, is getting eased into the offense. I think it's going to take another week or two. The Titans have nobody. If Traylon Burks was here, I would have Traylon Burks. But it's it's Derrick Henry or ETN. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, the uh, Titans how about have nobody. Derrick Henry versus Christian Kirk? It's, it's, it's always Derrick Henry. I would take Christian Kirk. You think Christian Kirk is outscoring Derrick Henry this week? Derrick Henry's been ass this year. You think? D- 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 come on. Yes. You think? Der- you think Christian Der- Kirk is going up against the easiest matchup to the wide receiver position? Trevor may not even play. I don't even know who the backup is. Do you know who the backup is? I always feel like it's Blaine Gabbert, but it's not. <laughs> You're trusting a Jaguars backup quarterback? I am over trusting the wide receiver eleven on the season who has 99 targets in his. 12 games this year. Yeah. Add another bet up. I bet I bet you Derrick Henry outscores Christian Kirk by ten, uh what's the projection for both of them right now? So let's see what the projection is. Kirk is projected Derrick Henry. 14. Derrick Henry's projected uh my thing isn't updated. Yet. 14 versus 17.8. Okay, I will say that Derrick Henry outscores him by six at least. Done. Done. There we go. Easy deal. There we Put go. Put a case of do on it. Yeah, the case. Yeah, we, we need to have a drink that we both like, a snack or something. We both like brisk iced tea. We'll, we'll own up to a bet in a couple weeks when I'm home. If if you're if you're there as well. All right, um, Devontae Smith or Darius Slayton? I guess we did this one too technically, but yeah, it takes Smith. I'll take Smith. I almost said Smith on the all bust of uh, all boom team, by the way. On the all boom. On all boom. 
Ah, I almost texted you to put him on all bus. No, Giants defense has been bad against wide receivers, and he has had a monster game. All right, uh, Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins, whoever starts for the uh, Ravens or Najee Harris. I'll take Najee. Mm, I'll take, uh, yeah, I guess so. All right. Four o'clock games, DJ Moore or DK Metcalf? DK. I'll take DK. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster or Jerry Judy? Jerry Judy. Yeah, this is an easy one. Again, Denver has nobody right now. Like, they're bad. I, get, I, like I, can't, I can't think of another one. Chris Godwin or Debo Samuel? I'm going to go with Debo because I think that Brock uh, – what's his name? Brock, Brock Purdy. Kurt? He's gonna need uh he's gonna need a little help from those playmakers. So I, I would lean Debo slightly uh, here. Slightly. I'm going Chris Godwin. Sunday night football, Jalen Waddle or Mike Williams. The Dolphins have only had two Sunday night football games uh since NBC took over Sunday night football in 2006, by the way. Wow. They have two. Jacksonville had two. A couple other teams. I, I bet the Texans don't have a lot. I bet the commanders don't the have Jets. a lot. The Jets probably don't have That's a lot. Seattle will... didn't get one this year. I'm a little upset Seattle didn't get, one, didn't get one this year. Well, we thought you guys were ass going into the year. But we're not ass, so we should get one. I know you're not. You should have been flexed in there instead get... of those goddamn let's ride Broncos. Uh, I'm going to lean Jalen Waddle here. Okay. Um, I, I think Waddle's going to be someone I target a lot next year in drafts. Yeah. Well, but you don't like wide receiver twos. I hate them. But you 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 are beating the drum that T Higgins shouldn't be taking because he was a wide receiver too. So where where would you take where, where would well, you take Waddle? I wouldn't take well not at his ADP for what it'll be next year. Waddle was going around the wide receiver ten, and I don't justify that. Here are two games that, that should be on Sunday Night Football: Chiefs Seahawks Saturday one o'clock. I guess it's not oh, the Sunday Night game, but I guess the Saturday Night game. I don't know. And Jets Seahawks the next week for a playoff spot probably. Jets Hawks should be a good one. Let's see who else is on that slate. The the Sunday night football game for the Jets Hawks week is uh oh god please no oh god the Rams and the Chargers Battle flex of that shit out. This is going to be a good Sunday night football. It's going to be when everyone says that Justin Herbert's the fourth best quarterback in his class, and I'm going to be pissed about it because Herbert's going to lose because he's not a winner. No, because he has the thirtieth ranked defense. The Saturday, the Saturday night game is is the Raiders and the Steelers. By the way, on Christmas Tua Eve. lost to Brock Purdy. Does that make him not a winner? Uh the team is too good. Forty Niners are too good. The Forty okay. Forty Niners have like the best the, roster the in the league outside. The Forty Niners have the best roster in the league outside quarterback. The, the Chargers have the Chargers have a top like seven roster in the league. The defensive the players have a top seven roster in the league. Yes, they have a top. They have a top three or four offensive roster. No. Yes, they do. No, the, no, yes, they do. you're wording it wrong. The, no, not. the Chargers have probably six of the top 100 players in football. Yep. And then they have probably the worst depth in football. No, like the, this, no, 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 no. no. All, all three of the receivers are good. Their tight end is good. Their running exactly back is good. Their built. line is good. Their entire offense might be the best in the league. They're, no, no, they're not. Yes, they are. They're, how they many are, offenses would you take over the Chargers right now? Name them. I want to hear it. Uh, offenses I would take over the yes. Chargers. Yes, the entire offense. The Dolphins, the Bengals. The Bengals, uh, yeah, I, I agree on the Bengals. The Dolphins, 100%. If you swap Herbert with Tua, they're probably a better team. It'd be hard nope. to say. Char- Chargers line is better and Eckler's team. better. Uh, I would take the Eagles roster. You would take Eagles the Eagles offense. offense right now over the Chargers. 100%. Why? 
The Chargers have the same offensive line, a the better Eagles running have the number back, one and comparable wide receivers. Do they? The Eagles have the number one offensive line in football. I think you're making excuses. Herbert is a sick offense. You can't tell me he doesn't have a sick Austin offense. Austin Eckler plays 45% of snaps. <laughs> that's Staley's problem. problem. That's that's on Staley. How many, okay, I got a better question. How many coaches would you swap out with Brandon Staley in the NFL? At least 20. 20 uh, I'm trying to figure out how many I would hack it. Uh, McDaniels? McDaniels, I don't know. McDaniels, McDaniels, McDaniels on a winning streak. I think McDaniels might be a better coach than Love, Staley. Lovey Smith. No, the Panthers. Coach, I don't. I don't no. know about Lovey Smith. He hasn't got an opportunity. His roster is terrible. Uh, I don't know if I can say you Lovey agree. Smith. Brandon Staley's a shit coach. He's terrible. Okay, so you could make you could make a case for the coach, but you can't make a case for the roster. The roster. You can is, absolutely is make great. a case for the roster. No, over the last roster. three years, the Chargers have the thirtieth ranked defense in the NFL. That means with Derwin James, but then Joey they went out and paid people. They, they, they paid people with those three <laughs> stars on that defense. They've been that bad. I'm telling you exactly who they remind me of. They remind me of the Seattle Seahawks over the last few years because the Seahawks are always top heavy. Like yep. it was Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, DK Metcalf. Their, their defense always had like two four or three absolute studs. studs. Yep. Yep. Joe, Joey Bosa, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams started emerging, and and uh, and Derwin James. Those are their four. Both those safeties got hurt a lot, except the only thing that was proven is Pete Carroll is a much better coach than Brandon Staley. I think when, I, when he I, gets I will, um, I will agree with your point about the defense where they have two or three studs and the rest of them just blow, but but the offense, it's it's if if if, if you drafted the top five offenses in the league, they would be a top five offense. They'd be a top three or so. four offense. I don't think so. Well, I think a big part. How, of how many teams have Joshua Palmer as a wide receiver three, then Gerald Everett as their fourth receiving option with Eckler? They've only had three games all year with their entire wide receiving core healthy. Okay, but but no, no, healthy, no. healthy offense for sixteen games. They have a top four, ro- four or five, or three or four offensive roster in the league. If they are healthy, it's they debatable. are. It's not. No, it's not debatable. It it's depends like- on the coach too. Their coach is terrible. You, you they pick have a the coach. coach. You pick the coach, and you get the Chargers' offense. Where do you rank them? If I get, if I have to take, Brandon you have Staley, Sean McVay or Andy Reid on with the Chargers' offense. Where well, are well, they? when Sean Payton's the coach next year? Then you're going to see just how great Justin. Sure, is. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Where do you rank the the fucking Chargers' sure, if get, offense? If you give me probably one of the top three offensive minds in all of football, I will rank them in the top five. No, the top three. What no, four are you taking the over there? The offensive line isn't good enough. Again, it's top heavy. Their center and their right tackle are dominant. Do you think the Dolphins' offensive line is better? Uh, probably. No, the Dolphins don't have a good offensive line. No. Tua, Tua has time for his weak-ass arm to fling it 60 <laughs> yards. Oh, God. I'm going to end this one. <laughs> All right. That's a fun one, but... I can't, you know what? I can't wait to watch the Chargers lose on Sunday Night Football now. Now I'm excited for it. I might they have to get a Miami jersey. Lose. And it's going to be because of the defense because there's no way anyone <laughs> back there is hanging with Tyreek Hill. And Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, they're not good enough to get the two often enough. All right. We'll see. Which is crazy happens. to say, but it's it is true. crazy to say. That's ridiculous. All right. They haven't been in one of the better pass rushing teams. All right. Y'all got a fun, a fun rant. This is a fun show. All right. Sometimes we talk football on the show. It's not fantasy football. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that. If you want more fantasy content from us, Sunday, 8, 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. YouTube and Facebook is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Twitter is Primetime FF Pod. Keep connecting with us on social media. Until then, Primetime FF Pod on Facebook. Um, I'm sorry. 
Primetime FF Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Then Primetime Fantasy Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. All right. Thank you. I just want you to know, just because of our argument, Justin Herbert is going on the live graphic. Oh, boy. That's great. Can, he, yeah. can you put her? Well, I was going to say, I mean, you may want to save him for Sunday at that point. Unless you want to do any Sunday, Sunday live Sunday. stream. That's the Sunday that's live stream. Do Herbert and uh, somebody. I'll do Herbert and Tua. There we go. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Get ready for week 14. Join the live 8 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday.